to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Common Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with shot and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's science thing right indeed 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 it is it is a science thing it is a science place it is a scientific fact we are all up in your face it is time for the one the only protonic reversal welcome to it saturday quarantine quarantines edition uh i'm just gonna get right to it with one of my favorite humans uh you know up there up there amongst <laughs> favorite humans if one were to make a list of favorite humans you know one would have to start i guess with the the living first of all probably uh and then you know go down with the ones that are awesome i would say so uh, uh, ones i'm not currently married to or related to you know not currently in a band with uh mr andy falcus falco mccluskey future left christian fitness eight time award-winning protonic reversal guest i don't know if it's eight i don't know if there's a award either but welcome to the show sir Wow, take a breath, man. <laughs> come on. Come on, come up, come up for air. Bite, bite-sized morsels, we can digest those better. How are you doing, my friend? It's, 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 I'm fantastic. It, it's a very different energy when you do this in uh, what is for me midday and what sure. is for you uh, a very respectable time of the evening, I would say. Respectable. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, times become less um, respectable or fewer respectable. I'm always being told to use fewer rather than less. So I use it even when it's not appropriate now. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, you know, obviously when, 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 when a kid joins the fray, you know, that natural body clock, which has previously set itself quite late, has, has, has come back a little bit towards what somebody might consider to be normal, you know. <laughs> uh, yes. Like occasionally at midnight, I say midnight, and I go, oh, I should probably think about going to bed because if i begin to map out going to bed at midnight i might make it by 20 past two yeah That's negotiations will begin uh for yeah absolutely. possible bedtime <laughs> whereas you know we what? can promise little else other than that genuinely it's incredible i've ever got anything done in my life the level of procrastination is just well it's almost inspiring if that <laughs> were the 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 product that life produced you know like you know your funeral they're like so how do you know how how do you think Conan did? You know what was his score on the scorecard? And if the ultimate measure of it was how much time you'd deliberately wasted, you right. know, then then. But yeah, I, I I'd measure really high on that scale. That's doing, scale fan, of- doing fantastically, really, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and let's hope that that is indeed the metric. Why don't we? Yeah. So, so um, how yeah, how are you how are you doing in general? You good? All good? Goodness. Well, Falco, I, I feel a little better now, uh, honestly. And this is something I don't talk about on social media because why Why on earth would I? But it does feel quite a bit better with uh, different leadership over here. It feels like there's a this thing called a plan now. 
And, uh, you know, will we will the plan be enacted? When will the plan be enacted? Sure. These are all valid questions and we would expect nothing less. But there is a plan now. So that's it's that's it's hard not to be encouraged by that. Even even the most jaded and cynical amongst us, I I would hope, would uh, would be able to realize that and be able to come to that conclusion. So feeling okay. Uh, I you know, I've, I've also I guess I'll out myself and saying I got the first dose of the Moderna vaccine. Um, right. Oh, that's that's a bit of an alternative vaccine to go for, isn't it? Yeah, well, it, it didn't. Uh, it didn't used to. Typically, be. you really could you choose? Was that like um? Well, was it like at a bar? Right, right. Consumer choice. We want to have consumer choice in our vaccines, as in with all things, right? Uh, and that's the one the that, mar- has, that has the market the always works out, mate. The market always works out. Remember that. The market always works out. Uh, so that's exciting. And then I got that second shot coming up. I haven't really mentioned it on the show. I mentioned it to Sam Paulson, who plays a man or Astro man uh, off the show because she's uh, she's a nurse as, as her day job. And uh, I just kind of wanted to get her, her take on it. But there's a lot of this can only be an American thing, I, I would imagine. But there's a lot of like vaccine envy. Oh, how did you how did you get that? Right. Of, of like, like, wow, for a vaccine. Okay. And I just don't want to deal with it, along with most that's internet really drama. It, it's almost like, wait, did you just fucking take my my fucking bit of oxygen? You can. <laughs> right. that, that was mine. That should have been mine. That could have been mine if I was stood in a different place. Yeah. It's really. I see. It's weird you say that because I would have kind of assume that would be more of a British trait. You know? <laughs> right. That, I think that, for, for yes. better or worse, you see America as a more expansive. You know, it's like a. Uh, you know, it's all about the, the frontier mentality. Whereas a British mentality would be traditionally, how can I put this politely, a bit more restricted, right? You know, how did you um, so. get that emphasis, mine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you know, enough for nothing. Do we have the same keeping up with the Joneses? Yeah, you know, it's um. But I found I did a job um, years ago uh, where basically it was a big job evaluation for the local council, mm-hmm. and so my job was I was just a, like a temp worker, you know, and. It was to different people would come in and they'd be basically be given uh, some information which told them how their salary was changing, whether it was going up, staying oh, down. Good, or bad or ugly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then they would talk to, so they'd have a meeting, they'd get offered that. And then they'd talk to this conciliation service and then they'd talk to their union and they'd have to sign. And it was a really bizarre experience because you'd see a lot about human nature in that way. You'd see how the, uh, obviously huge generalizations but when you're dealing with thousands of people in in what is literally a sample of society you end up making generalizations you can't help yourself and how the the politest and the rudest people were the guys in high-vis jackets (laughs) no there were the two ends because you get your proper old gentleman Mm-hmm. You know, but similarly, you'd get your fucking maniacs who just crashed into work after after four bottles of scotch or something. Mm-hmm. But you could really. But the peop, in, the most interesting thing about this was the fact that the most angry people were the people who their colleagues had been brought up to their level of pain. Interesting. So their pay. So their pay hadn't the most. The, basically the most continually furious as opposed to just rude, you know. They were the people for whom they felt as if they were ahead, whereas you found that other people, if they'd stayed the same in general, um, 
and their colleagues had stayed the same or gone down, then they were perfectly happy. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, oh. I'm not sure what it's. I'm not sure if that would be backed up by any scientific evidence, but it was certainly true in terms of. I mean, over the course of a couple of months, it must have seen three, four thousand people. You know, so so a whole range from from managers to you know to to janitors in terms of pay scales at least. You know, certainly. and it was really uh, yeah, really. It was really interesting in a way which made you want to jump off a bridge every day because it was also uh it was a job which rather underlined your position in the workforce yeah interesting in the way that the uh, famous proverb or curse of may your life be interesting that type of interesting yeah yeah i've learned a lot about mortality in the years i've been on death row right. you know uh, well congr- congratulations but you you could have just read a fun book yeah yeah, uh, you know. yeah I, I, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know what the corollary is for that like why you know I, i'm just happy frankly i'm happy people are getting vaccinated period uh, yeah, any kind, yeah. right? like that's and again i'm not saying I don't have ethical concerns about how like a for-profit company could, you know, whatever. So, perhaps this is the uh, opening scene of the X-Men style comic book where everyone later develops fantastic powers and are ostracized for different reasons than humans normally mm-hmm. ostracize themselves. But assuming none of that is true, the insane stuff that I just said, uh, <gasps> and assuming that the vaccine does the thing that it is meant to do, it, it is a step in the right direction towards all the things that we love doing, towards, uh, you know, there being the, sure. the ability to have shows again if you're a you know, creative entity and uh, you, you can do more than just uh, talk, talk in a mic in like a very weirdly lit sort of closet situation uh, to fantastic people across the world and, and also, uh, you know, play very unpopular I music think, at them. <laughs> can I say, whenever I see you looking up, I don't know if you ever played Half Life, but I feel as if uh, a face hugger is going to drop. Something about to come down at so, you. <laughs> so I'm I'm constantly I'm constantly on alert at the minute. So I'm I'm enjoying this conversation, like, but I'm also <laughs> I'm also worried for you because if there's something going to rain down sooner or later. There know? has to be um, a word for uh, for enjoying something, but also being in uh, fright, fear for your life at the same time. Like there has to be, and I bet it's German. Being, being, being at the front of a Jesus lizard show, I suppose. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was near the front of a Jesus Jesus lizard show once, and then my mind and body, and my especially my back, went. Nah, just it's you not, know, not for you. I, you could, it, David could eat you on stage. He could eat you. Absolutely, he could, he's he's uh, he's he's from the anything can happen school of frontmen, and that. Includes yeah. bizarre dining options, you know. They, yeah. You never know. Although he is, he's a fine man. He's he's he. I would. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But it's weird to think about having uh, that level of you know, confidence is the wrong word, isn't it? Because it's it's a state beyond that. It's right. a it's a completely realized performance node. <laughs> Sorry, that, that 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 comment made me realize I need a second beer of the. <laughs> so many gigs you go to. It, we play and especially it seemed to be especially early future of the left like eight seconds into a song something would explode and i don't mean because necessarily this incredible raging band on the stage because because of a combination of playing shitholes and a huge incompetence you know so it was uh it was an interesting time and i'd have to improvise a lot and talk you know and that's fun to do but it's not fun to do in a compulsory, everybody's expecting loud rock music. Right, <laughs> right exactly. If people are expecting yeah. a show and they're getting a lecture, 
Yeah, and country. you know, there is genuinely, I mean, having watched a lot of it, there's a genuine respect for a stand-up comedian's craft, which <laughs> which hard. I don't which I don't have to have, you know, just talking with some people who are naturally inclined to like you anyway, in between songs that they're well, supposedly delighted to hear. So it's really easy, you know. <laughs> Whereas proper stand-ups are just inc- incredible. I, I, that level of confidence and self-belief is quite something, I think. I appreciate the heavy lifting that the uh, supposed did in that sentence uh, as well. <laughs> hey, I don't want, I, I haven't got any expectations. Or rather, I've got my own expectations. And when I play a show, if I actively engage with other people's expectations as well, I think it would destroy me as a human being. It's lovely to hear how far somebody's traveled to a show after the show, is what I'm saying. You know, not before the show. Additional pressure, additional pressure is... Um, not not just realized, prefacing information towards uh, the audience engagement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. But, but again, it's, it's amazing when somebody says, I've traveled from X miles away to see you play or whatever. And they, they're telling you as a... A genuine, it's genuine, it's a lovely yeah. thing to say really on so many levels, but doing a show, especially for me, the, the pressure of, because, and I don't think it can be like this for a band who plays all the time. There's some, I don't know how I've got to this, but you know me, it's always about digressing. I think in, but I've been talking about how in some ways, if I look at people I know who are in huge bands, uh, the lives they lead, the, the music they play, the relationship they end up having with their songs, because bands like that have to do that set list sometimes 160 times a year or something, yeah. right? And as much as you love it, in some ways, um, I know this is kind of leaping right in, but this, this, the, the size of band or bands I've got to played is kind of the ideal size of band to make some cash from it but just to still really fucking enjoy the music still have do, that do you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah absolutely like no, it, we don't do it enough for it to become a routine or rather we get into a routine for a little tour or something but it hasn't but there's no part of it when it's good the admin is boring but there's no part of it is boring to me now like at all it's just all really fucking amazing and I genuinely when you see bigger bands it just doesn't look very much like fun to me you know you'd like the, to the think whole, that they're having a good time and not thinking about their laundry or whatnot sure yeah I think I think so but there's got there's got to be an aspect of that becoming a job I think so I think you're on I mean it's 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 interesting to bring that up because I think that has come up on this show before about what is that spot of like having to be sustainable but enjoyable. But then mm-hmm. also, yeah, you're not thinking about mundane household tasks while you're on stage at Wembley or something, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I could, you know, oh, I would, sure would like to be driving my sports car right now. You know, fantastic. But, you know, if, if you can be in the moment while you're being a cracking live band. Great. Yeah. And you and for me that's that's uh I I think it's the maybe the best performers are faking it perhaps, but I think it's noticeable. Most of the bands that I really engage with uh, I think, you know, there's I like people who are acting. Yeah, that's that's a well, certain that type of <laughs> certain type of art though, that isn't sure. it? Um not just not just in music. Um but my favorite stuff is when people aren't acting. Like you know, 
I like plenty of stuff where people are acting, but the stuff I really, I really engage with is where people, or at least appear to not be acting. Right. You know? They're certainly presenting a side of themselves that they want to see. But yeah, I just feel very lucky. We're talking about some shows are hopefully doing next year, talking about particular things in the set. And there's no real, there's no real, ah, oh, we've fucking got to play that one. Yeah, oh, that one, Jesus. Sense of offer, for God's, for, you know, for God's balls, why? <laughs> but but the answer is because we just want to play them anyway and it just becomes self-evident. It's really lucky. When it becomes, I, I don't know, a job that you think of, for some people that comes earlier than others, like um, John in McCluskey, he was... He always said he was happier working in a 24-hour garage and writing songs when he got home, you know. Like, yeah. But that was for him, he'd, he'd bought into tortured artists, exaggerating it, but the the working artist who is fueled by the, you know, the everyday reality of their life. And But if that's the thing, if that works for that particular musician, um, the McCluskey song, She Will Only Bring You Happiness, is written about a guy who didn't, like to have successful relationships because they felt that it would compromise their art in some way in a really direct way as well you know and and not and a clever guy as well it's like a threat don't go out with her she will only bring you happiness and you know and so then you're so then you've got nothing like what what oh no look at him he's happy it's like the way the romans laughed at men for being genuinely in love with their wives you know, <laughs> sign of, seen, of, seen as a sign of seen as a sign of weakness yeah. seen as a sign of um vulnerability i suppose yeah so I, and i don't you know the many times that you've been in the show i'm not sure if we've, we've ever discussed him and uh you know we've talked about mccluskey plenty we've talked about uh the good and bad times we've we talked about bringing those songs back and bringing back this new iteration be asterisked with the band right <laughs> <laughs> we have talked about that yes but i don't think we've ever talked about john that much you and i have talked about john uh, at least briefly if i remember correctly outside washington dc at a uh, at a show that we that we played together but i mean do you is is that a relationship that exists in any way, shape, or form? Have you ever have you talked to him in any at all? Oh no, no, there's there's no relationship. That's fine, you know. That's all good. You know, I can't see. You know, sometimes you've got so much to deal with in your life that you you don't really worry. You don't really worry about things like that. You just, I think it's perfectly possible not to particularly get on with somebody, but then part ways and just wish them every every joy in the world, isn't it? And like, and like, I don't mean that just as a something you're telling yourself, oh, I wish you every success. I mean, like, <laughs> like genuinely, unless, unless I suppose it would be different if you were always crossing each other's paths or whatever, but, sure. you know, certainly for me, you know, I'm sure there's things to be mined in my subconscious, which you could, you could th- bring out in a, in some kind of argument, but what would the hell would be the point in that? I'm pretty, I think, a therapist could probably tell you differently, but I, I like to, to to deal with things um, uh, like straight away if you can. And then, of course, you've got the the fallout for them years later. You know, the present is only ever dealing with the problems, you know, the problems that we caused in the past. But um, yeah, it's all it's all good. Just hopefully, hopefully, doing music and really enjoying it. That's the thing. He's a for very instinctive it was it was really good writing songs with him for a couple of years really instinctive quick 
like musician uh, and really and a person who really loves loves music as well yeah really engaged by it and for, like you know with some people you just don't fit with them perfectly to say the least there wasn't any wasn't any violence there wasn't any voodoo to the best of my knowledge there were a few unpaid <laughs> bills there was some there was some awkwardness but right. nothing that should nothing that would really cause a, a, a gunfight in in departures Heathrow Terminal 4 or anything. Yeah, good, good faith, bad faith, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's things which annoy you about somebody, but when they annoyed you about somebody 16 years ago, I mean, I've, I don't know how many different versions of me in terms of skin I've shed, but I'm a yeah. very different person and in some quite fundamental ways as well. And who can be asked with all that stuff, you know? Well, yeah, and, and it's certainly in, in terms of us being in the middle of a global pandemic, it certainly doesn't seem like the biggest problem in the world right now, does it? Well, this is the thing. I mean, it's it's really as, a di as if life wasn't. I mean, you usually get, I remember a couple of occasions, like in my 30s, like when a, a friend died or something, and the and this isn't to be flippant about it, but obviously it's upsetting and tragic on very level. But it always has that effect with a group of people that kind of can galvanize them to make particular changes or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Or, I, I know very well thing. what you mean. Yes. But 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 sometimes because life life is life. Three days later, all of that's forgotten. You know, you'll find somebody who. Yeah. I I, I remember a, a really sincere discussion I had with somebody once on a very on the topic of being faithful, where they expanded to me on how important being faithful was. I'm not talking about someone I was in a relationship with. It was a, it was a friend from back home years ago talking about being faithful. It was almost, it was a beautiful conversation. Like it was, it was profound. It was almost, almost Christian in it's fervent, but it was really beautiful. And three days later, he cheated on his wife with a 16 year old. <laughs> and it was all out the window, yeah. No, it, it was like, but it was but both, you know, yeah, really quite crazy. Well, I've, I've, always, I've, always remembered, I've always remembered that moment in my life as being a really striking moment because the, the three days beforehand, he was a true believer in what being faithful meant. And then he was, well, I'm not even going to speculate on the sexual act, but, you know. Certainly, <laughs> I, no, I don't know. No, I'm, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't I mean, do euphemism generally. That's it. <laughs> I mean, but I think I think you bring up an important point that, you know, what point is something crossover from predilection to addiction? You know, uh, you know. Sure. I, I always yeah. I always think back to when people are go into rehab for sex addiction. It's like, oh well, if that's the metric, you know. <laughs> Jeez, like you're going in for sex addiction. Okay, is that well? Well, well listen. I mean, I'm a bit. Addiction. Um, <laughs> but then I, but then I think about it, and of course there is certain, you know, certainly not that this is like Doctor Ruth's podcast or anything. Is Doctor Ruth still alive? I don't even know. Hmm. But well, it's, it's yeah. just something which, which obviously sounds ludicrous to to the vast majority of people. Yeah. In the way that cancer isn't ludicrous, or a heart attack isn't ludicrous, but I suppose it doesn't make it any less real. But I, I think for a lot of people, especially men, when people say sex addict, you're like you. <laughs> You know, you wish. Oh, especially so you, uh, you, you have a white chromosome. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wish you had the time. You wish you had the opportunity. Yeah. You know, but of course, that's a you know, that's an instinctive uh, 
dad or certainly tragic uncle way to look at things it's just an instinctive reaction but it's still true as well it's like oh that you got sex addiction did you oh yeah i got i got i got a bad back so fuck off you know? <laughs> exactly it's in in, in yeah. the in the galaxy of of problems it seems like you know maybe you begin off yeah. a little bit lightly perhaps i don't know but then eh, you know maybe i'm making light of it and i'll hear all about it and angry messages. well we're making we're making light of it because we're people in the world but we're not uh we're not trivializing it as a as as what is probably a very real thing but well it's definitely a very real thing but something which i certainly have not experienced in my life <laughs> right. is a syndrome is <laughs> a syndrome which does not which does not control me and or and all the women around me so you know <clears throat> Have you? Uh, well, I, and I think I wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit about, not just McCluskey, but McCluskey with an asterisk, which I don't know if there's a, if the asterisk is silent as if it was a, um, I don't know, a language you, you that do. Has silent vowels. Whatever you like, whatever you like. <laughs> but it, it's the the progression, you know, from it being we covered this a little bit last time, but just for for maybe folks that <clears throat> don't catalog every one of our conversations. Uh, <laughs> Uh, do such people Maybe even people exist? Who <laughs> people, who go, people who don't go to the precise same bar as me and sit just across the table. Uh, just to recap, it started off as being kind of a you know doing a one-off thing as a benefit, uh, you know, with Julia. Then there was there was another benefit, and then it kind of gradually evolved. Uh, you, you annexed um, Saint Pierre's uh, Snake Invasion, which is, is one of my favorite band names, and also a good band, not just a good band name. Very good band, yeah, very good band. Yeah. Hence, and, hence the hence the annexing. Although not really an annexing, because it is still it is still an independent state. We, we've um, I don't know. Is, is, it Crimea style? <laughs> is it the Crimea style incursion? Not not quite. I'll try and but before we finish talking, I'll try and think of a suitable um, state based metaphor. To an analogy to maybe the West Bank. Them. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how contentious things are, but <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I'm trying to. Yes, no. I, was gonna say, I mean, on one clear. level, no. On one level, no. I'm not touching that. And on another level, no. So, mm. <laughs> uh, but it has developed into a more active concern, McCluskey. Uh, but it, it's. It, I think that's yeah. interesting because we haven't. It's been. You've been in weird stages of this evolution. Uh, throughout the different times that we've talked, but I feel like it's kind of settled into like a, a nice thing. And I wonder if you could just speak a little bit to that, where the dividing line is and how it kind of, be, kind of became more of an active concern rather than just a one-off. Yeah, sure. We'll do these um, songs. Just cause it was fun. And, uh, and then, and we played some songs and we had fun, but there was no like genuinely, you know, there was no plan. And the whole time they were talking to MGM, you know. No, it was like genuinely just, I don't know what that accent was. It was kind of Scouse meets someone from Boston drowning. Um, it, <laughs> At least it wasn't Robert Evans, which I feel like is my go-to. Oh, no. I'm, you know, I can, I'm usually pretty uh, pretty decent at accents, but that was appalling. I should be <laughs> I should be whipped uh, with an inch in my life. It just... It was it crazy? Was, you bet. I mean, he always asks questions first, so it's like he asks, if you ask a superfluous <laughs> question that you answer immediately, you can do a Robert Evans. But uh, right, okay, okay. Well, um, so future of the left, we're meant to be doing this festival called Portals in London, which isn't really a festival. It's well, it, it's an all day, two all days next to each other. You know, it, indoors at Tufnell Park, um, uh, Tufnell Park Dome, and future of the left, we agreed to do it. And then we couldn't do it. And 
I think the reason was we were planning on going to be doing our own show later in the year. I think that was the reason and we didn't want to. Sure. So we kind of said yes and then we said no, which isn't something which we do a lot because we don't, we don't do enough to cancel and move stuff around a lot. You know, like a more busy band has to rearrange maybe stuff for all kinds of reasons all the time. And we said no. And I can't remember if they, they then came back and said, would you do a McCluskey show then? Or I, I think they did. And I just thought... That's a cheeky ask. <laughs> well, no, a little bit, but also, mate, especially at the time. Yeah. I mean... You had already, yet... You'd already done it before, though. You'd already reconvened it at that no, time? No, we hadn't done okay. it. We'd been offered it as Future the Left, said yes, but then kind of realized it was a no, told them, right. and then got this offer. So just went from there, really. Um, and there, there was the Pangland Shellac t-shirts that we had were to do with... We uh, did cover journal. that last time, so, I didn't in all, again, in good faith, journalists get to journalists, don't they? They get to write things called as Pangland Shellac. Um, um, and so there was a little, that was, you know, a little bit of spite can go a long way, but that in and of itself isn't going to inspire a band to play shows, or at least it, it shouldn't. Um, and then, so that show went quite well. I think, I can't remember the, the order in which the show's, there's a guy called Simon, I think, from Manchester. He mailed me and went, oh, are you doing these shows? And uh, I thought, and from then on, though, it became a policy that we weren't, uh, I wasn't going to contact anyone about these shows. Hmm. I was waiting, I waited just for, didn't have an agent for a while, just waited for people to come. And that became a really nice aspect of it, you know. And also, frankly, when people really want you to play, they offer you more money. <laughs> that's true that's true true. true. no it's true like and and mccluskey is in the when when you do when we were doing a tour as future the left people know you're touring over this two-week period so you know they work within certain constraints whereas somebody can say we want you to play in this place and you're like well for a start we're only doing shows at weekends that we want to do but if it's not enough money, then it it doesn't matter. You know, we just we just won't do it. And you know, you're not taking money away from people there, but it means we're guaranteeing ourselves the kind of money that, frankly, we should be making anyway. And it's been the first time in my life, and it's a good job the money came in because fuck me, life's been expensive since. <laughs> uh, but it's the first stuff I've done which brought in, like I think I said to you last April, like genuine, genuine live in the world money. And by live in the world money, I mean get a takeaway occasionally, you know. Rather than just, hey, this breaks even and there's enough money for some groceries. <laughs> yeah, I haven't bought I haven't bought a car or yeah uh, or anything. So but but you know, which is great though. That's all I ask for. Like there's not a there's 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 not a another way of of looking at it. But yeah, it's just but it's really it's just such good fun. There's no complication with it. Uh, everybody there is there because they want to be there. Whereas maybe some people would like to think that was part of the original energy of McCluskey. And of course they're invited, they're invited to believe that, you know, if that's what works or may, may I don't know, maybe that was the special fucking source of it. Who, who can say, but what I can tell you is it was a desperately unhappy life to have. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't want to have that life that the last two years in that band, were just really, were really, spent just keeping it together and 
when you when I, I was like 27 or something but it was enough effort to just keep myself together and by that I don't mean I was constantly being thrown out through saloon doors <laughs> or uh with uh with pans frying pans following after me but it it was yeah it was it was quite stressful and not not a very enjoyable experience whereas now frankly the second that there's any stress I'll just stop doing it so that's it. And I think there is a danger towards uh, retrospection with rose-colored glasses or something, if that makes sense, for people that were necessarily there, that they ascribe meaning to an importance, uh, an importance belying uh, financial success and, and notoriety to things that they weren't there to see. And that's an interesting thing with McCluskey is that, I mean, it's interesting because the music is good, right? And, and But the, some <laughs> being good isn't enough to kind of have the next generation pick up on it. But I feel like there's people that like had no chance whatsoever to see you guys uh, the first time around because they were busy being six or something along those lines. And they now yeah, get a yeah. chance to hear these which songs. Is nobody, which is nobody's fault but their own. Frankly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. But, uh, <laughs> but I think it's, it's, you know, it's really cool that, and, and again, I've talked, in fact, just this week, I talked to another guest about what I call the reunion industrial complex and how it's become <laughs> such a common thing, right? But I, I feel like, the, and again, it's I, I like you giving the insider scoop of basically doing what's, you know, when you're asked to do something, considering it, rather than seeking things out. Because I think you get a different type of opportunity that way. And that well, allows you, you to keep it sustainable in a way that that's, um, keeps the fun with it while hopefully ensuring, you know, that you get a little bit of money for doing something that's well well that's the thing and the thing is there's still a resid frankly there's still a residual guilt at making money doing it there is like there's it's just not not the way i was raised i wasn't right. you know raised in some some house where people paid for gazi records far from it but you know but for me there is a guilt and like there's a guilt just to make what would frankly be a decent wage for a uh you know somebody who serves coffee that that would be <laughs> yeah, yeah no but no but, there's, and, uh, but no but that's that that's the amount of money you're talking. I'm laughing but, because uh, I know you were serious. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know that that's actually, and I'm talking. I've never made more than that in any job I've done because yeah. of various just the way I've had to put my life together. Like a lot of people who end up serving coffee do. You know, it's because their life is falling together in a certain way, and they have to. Usually, it's a subsidizing job or whatever. Um, but. Uh, I still haven't totally got over that. And when there's a gig, say, which is going to make proper money, it's it's really, you know, you need to talk to yourself and go, now, now this is good, but this could not possibly be the, the reason for doing this to myself for so long. Right. But it's, it's such good fun. And honestly, the one thing that, well, the last the last forever is proven but the last year in particular is that i feel so genuinely lucky to love making music still as much as i do like it's i love making it and i, I can't speak objectively as to its quality you know because i'm in, I'm in i'll it. do that thank you yes yeah yeah but no but, but on all honesty like some people might some people might think with their own justification that mccluskey d dallas was the height of it and it's nearly 20 years ago that's fine I'm, all i'm saying is i'm entirely comfortable with, with that that's whatever whatever we're, unless you're rude about it to my face in which case we will we'll have to have a game of ping pong 
in which um, case there'll but, be some chin music <laughs> yeah no no I'm, I, you know not a, i'm not a not a, not a my my fighting days are a long time behind right. me you know and most of my fighting days involve just avoiding punches so <laughs> which um, is which is the key part to most fights as it turns out is yeah not to get well, punched. frankly well frankly most fights are pe- two people falling together there being a bit of a wrestle somebody shouting jason stop it and then <laughs> then it's uh, broken out. somebody throws to, somebody throws some nachos and then that's the <laughs> right that's the end of it um, and somebody immediately starts it, filming it for world star daily or whatever the uh <laughs> wow what, well, oh, what was that hey, reference come from boy the world needs events on which to turn conan and um, but yeah I, I just i love it like i've i've had some really I had a really shit last half year yeah. by most by most standards, health wise, and it was it was astonishing how much music lifted me out of that. At times, <laughs> you know, it couldn't do it all at the time. It was, uh, you know, it was awful. But it really does have a magic. It really does as well show how how powerful the mind is and making you forget what the fuck is going on with the body because my body was just um yeah it, it had a, it had a shocker and for a while i was not if things had gone on on how they were going there's no way i would have i mean i still can't play guitar standing up um but i can at least i couldn't stand and play guitar i couldn't sing um because the tight oh, it was a, it was an awful it was an awful experience i really I really, I really hated it, but I feel incredibly lucky because I know so many very talented people who've been in bands. Kind of by the time they're thirty or whatever, they're kind of like, ah, that's band things done, you know. <laughs> that, that's band, and I'm, you know, I'm not saying these people. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm not being a snide like you lightweight kind of person right. because I think for some people, understandably, other things, other things come up to take their attention, and. There are aspects of what I find when I'm writing. Sometimes you think you've written all the things you can write, you know, like you've you've done all of the variations of your voice and all the different ways you can just shove stuff together now to make it work, right. and there'll be a discrete degree of despondency. But you've even said at what the you age I'm now, yeah, <laughs> you know. but even at the age I am now, not all the time, but just nearly once a day when I really try, I'm just having like a moment of like magic and like for me like personal revelation which is just so incredible to still to still have i have it more off i have less time to devote to music oddly now than when i was younger but i have i have more success on 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 my terms (laughs) on my terms well i think that's vital to keeping it sustainable and and, you know i can't remember if we've spoken on the show about this before but i feel like there's there's something i feel like there, there, there's there's both wisdom and uh fulfillment of purpose with quitting as well as sticking with it like not everyone's alike yeah, yeah. you know what i mean absolutely yeah, yeah. like for me uh, you know i i personally felt like i i kind of quote unquote figured it out as much as i can and kind of leveled myself up at 37 you know if i <laughs> Yes. And there certainly were many off ramps along the way where it's where it's like okay I could have just cut that out and would anyone you know would it really matter oh probably not but it's like oh no it would for me it was like becoming seventeen again or something oh my god there's this thing called music have you heard of it and mm-hmm. I think where I'm going with this is that I feel like anytime you 
listen to any of the Christian fitness stuff, whether you listen to you know, when there's new features left records, so on and so on. I, it, it certainly doesn't sound like you're just phoning it in. Like it's, you're right there and just no. as committed and engaged as you were like when I first heard McCluskey or whatever along those lines, even if it's applied differently, even if the songwriting is uh, coming from a different place or just by nature of the mechanism of, of uh, creation has to be different. I feel like you have that same intensity and that, and that's never faltered. And I think that's something that is encouraging for people. And this is something I didn't think about that much until this last year, where things become very hard, especially if you're a creative individual, which, as you might imagine, a lot of creative folks listen to this show. But when they see someone that does, you know, for lack of a better term, crank it out, and and, and it's good, and, and it keeps going and keeps moving forward, it encourages others to, you know, maybe run their specific race. And it's weird to think about that, because I certainly was not considering any of that when I was 27 years old uh, in any way, shape, or right, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's I think it's insp- I think it's inspiring, and I think it's, it, you found a way to make it work. That's quite interesting. Like even when I think of McCluskey with an asterisk, right? It's like that's not a capstone necessarily. That's like oh well, it's a bit of a different chapter, and it's like okay, it's it, it's in a way that honors everything that everyone loves about the the first iteration, but kind of gives it its own sort of. <laughs> Asterix. <laughs> well, well, I, I think the thing is, right, for for most, I mean, for most of these bands, I suppose, that, that are doing these reformations, they're, they're coming back in usually at the level they were or a bit below, but it's still a thing. Whereas McCluskey wasn't, I mean, you know, we, we've done our biggest shows since doing this. Yeah. So it doesn't really feel like as much of a reformation. Is, is what I'm saying, because it, I, I don't know, maybe it's because the scale is slightly different or rather the consistent scale of it is slightly different. And it's just a human, it's just human nature. When other people are taking it more seriously, you take it a bit more seriously, you know? Because it's a sense of event. Yeah, you know? of course. It's a sense of a, an event. And when, when it's an event, everybody's sucked in. Because you know, we've I've been to great gigs where a great band have played great songs, but because of the prevailing atmosphere, it's been like a cool rehearsal. <laughs> so, right, you know, yeah. and, that's, and that is sometimes to do with just a missing element, maybe in the band, but sometimes it's to do with the fact that it's a small room or or the wrong room, or there's a girl there called Lucy and she's talking really loudly in the gap between songs. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know, but sometimes it's sometimes it's not the band's fault, and that's my excuse right at the start of every show. Sometimes it's not the band's sometimes fault. Sometimes it's not the band's fault. Yeah. <laughs> so the and good songs are good songs too, right? That doesn't stop being the case, even if the 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 band itself, you know, in what state the band is in, the good songs are good songs. And I bring this up because. Uh, you know, I, I remember when you you brought out a few McCluskey songs during Future of the Left sets. I guess that must have been quite some time ago now. But like, I was like, it occurred to me, you know, very, you know, I was very, I was stroking my imaginary beard the entire time, and be like, oh, fantastic, because because it didn't seem tacked on. I guess. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, of a diplomatic way to put this, but there are bands that like. Hey everybody, nudge nudge. We're gonna do the song from the other thing now. Hey everybody, ready? We're doing it. Okay, okay. And it wasn't that. 
and I, I appreciated your restraint, I guess. I don't know. Like, it, it just, it worked. And in a way that when you said that you were doing the, the benefit stuff and like the, the, what became the secondary origins for McCluskey with an asterisk, it was like, oh, cool. That makes sense. Like, it, it never, it never occurred to me personally, Kona Neutron, that that would well, be anything I mean, other than like a legitimate expression of something, you know, endearing and real. I mean, a couple of people have been, you know, a couple of people have been a little bit less than complimentary, but 99% of people, certainly the ones I've encountered, and even on the, probably in the last year and a bit, you know, I probably spent maybe two hours looking through comments and stuff. There's always a moment of weakness for me where I'll actually look at stuff and I'm I'm, I'm really good now (laughs) because I'm not looking at all. But but everyone seemed perfectly happy was the basic consensus. And so then I can just fold back into it and it just confirms hopefully what you already, what you already know. So I'm really chuffed. It's really good fun. It's just fun. The songs are so easy, especially compared to Future of the Left, as we've said before. It's, it's, it's really, it's really great. like I say, do feel like genuinely lucky in lots of parts of your life, maybe financially, you know, there's so many stresses, worry about being a good father, you worry about being a good Spider-Man, you know, the usual, the usual, the usual stuff. Sorry, in this house, we don't say Spider-Man, we say Spider-Man. You Spy- know I think we Spider-Man talk- and Batman. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man and Batman. Like that Mr. Spiderman. Yeah, he does. He does fantastic yeah, work. Yeah. He's an excellent yeah. actor. Oh, look, it's- Oh, yeah. look, it's Batman, Batman. you know, just, I just, okay. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a dentist, isn't he, Mr. Batman? <laughs> Mr. Batman, yeah. But Kelson, uh, well, you know, Kelson, obviously, Kelson is a dentist now. Yeah, Kelson That's, does. You know, I forgot, I'd forgotten about everything. that. Yeah. Uh, he's been practicing for a couple of years now. He's, he's great. He's yeah, doing really well. Um, yeah, he's doing really well. Yeah, I figure operating from uh, from that country is all going to have solid work too, right? I mean, hey, hey tip your bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, do do you do you ever um, do you keep up with Kelson at all? I mean, is is he? Yeah, yeah. I spoke to him recently, and yeah, he's all good. I've actually probably caught up with him more during the pandemic. Um, but yeah, he's all good. Um, lovely, just doing really well. Uh, still playing a little bit with Jar Crew. Oh, so fantastic. we were the band that he was, he was fronting. Yeah, Jar, Jar and, Crew uh, predated Future Left, right? I mean, I yeah, that's right. Yeah, band he was in basically from school. I was dimly so, aware of them before Future Left started, like in the way that I well, recognized them. Yeah, Jar Crew were a band who um, very was probably 2002 with McCluskey. We were playing in a venue called Le Pub in Newport, which we ended up years later doing a, a benefits for to mm. raise money for cladding and stuff. And this band of kids who looked like the Bash Street kids um, or the Anthill Mob would be a reference. You might, but the Anthill Mob as if the Anthill Mob had never met and were all dressed completely differently. So nothing like the Anthill <laughs> so, Mob. So other than that, exactly but, the same, yes. <laughs> but just, they looked like a shambles. And they started sound checking and you're like, they are all playing different songs. What <laughs> what is happening? But then they they would start playing the song and it was they were just a fucking really great band. They were kids. Kelson was great from man, like great. I mean, uh, yeah, just great. They were fantastic. And they 
when I'd read about a band like Les Savi Fav, then I'd see Les Savi Fav. I'd think Les Savi Fav were a good band, but they were, I, I don't know, a bit more circusy compared to what Jarkri were, which mm. was there was a genuine sense of uh, just a danger, a, a madness, a mad, a real madness yeah. in general. They were no, they were, they were like superb. The album they did uh, is good, but it doesn't, it really doesn't get close. So yeah. to how they, to how they were alive. Just quite unassuming individuals, but fan, like fantastic bands. And that was why we were in contact with Kels. That's how I met Kelson, and then he ended up being the bass player in Future. The idea was he was going to be the singer in Future of the Left. That's that right. Was the and and that, did, that ended up not being the case. <laughs> no, he was like, nah, I just want to play the bass. And you're like, ah. But everybody just everybody wants to see see you. Yeah, you are the show. (laughs) You're a dynamic presence. I, you know, I do what 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 this is. (laughs) Well, you're a different kind of dynamic presence. Also, as a man, you can just say is is a great dancer, and it's just it's as uncomplicated as that, and just a physical presence and very physically confident. You know. Uh, those I am none of those things I just said. <laughs> yeah, especially the dancer thing. Well, there was a, there was a certain a certain specific energy with the uh, with the lineup with with, with Kelson and, uh, and and Jack that I think that gave that wiry three piece thing. Uh, you know, everybody putting their best straight forward. You know, looming large with the thing that they are doing as long as. Everybody holds the angle. Uh, Jack's such a little sweetie. Did he? Did you see he put up the um, a YouTube video for? He's doing all these drum alongs of Future the Left uh, songs and everything. Yes, he put oh, up yeah, a that's video right. Of yeah. Stand by your manatee, and at the start, he's like pulling faces at the lyrics and yeah. stuff. You know, it's just <laughs> it's adorable. It's adorable when he does his acting bits. You know, but yeah, he's a he's a he's a character as well. He's such a genuinely with Jack as well. He's just. It, it says a lot, you know, you have these relationships with people, you make music with them, but when you keep making music with somebody for so long, then that tells its own, that tells its own story, really. And that's been, what, f- 15 years? 14? I mean, how long has it been? No, I, when did he join? I can't even remember. Did he join in mid, it was either, I don't keep track. It was either mid-2002 or mid-2003. It was one of those. Oh, so it's, it's I think it was it? probably, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Hmm. It might have been too. I don't know. Mid two thousand and three. Say we record. Yeah, it would have been mid two thousand and three because then we recorded the difference at the end of two thousand and three, like to the point of spending Christmas recording it. Um, and yeah, so it would be eighteen years. 18 years this summer of making music with him. And he's, yeah, he's great. He's, uh, he's yeah, it's great. Jesus, that's like half his life because he's 40 this year. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, oh, I've had that no. conversation of like, wait, how long has it been? I, 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 um... mm-hmm. it's, it's, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, there, there's... This is this has been an interesting week too because I, I discovered through uh, the Facebook memories feature with I, th- I thought I had turned off. Uh, yeah. And apparently I hadn't, but it, it, it was very eager to remind me that apparently I have been on tour uh, this week 
almost every year for at least the last 10 years up to like 15 or 16 years. And so the turnaround for that, I was, I was able to have some memories of some very nice shows from like years back, but then also be like, oh, that was, how, how long ago was that? Mm, okay. All right. Wow. And then my, my favorite of which was yeah, any child conceived at that show, you know, would be a voting age now. But of course, no children were conceived at that show. <laughs> Which I feel like is a good observance of that level of uh, of thing. I I um yeah it's it's been a long time hasn't it I've been since we've been moving house I've been finding lots of boxes of of memory stuff hmm. as you do and I found lots of Ephemera. CDs and DVDs and yeah. stuff from <laughs> two thousand to two thousand and two. I haven't come across a lot in that kind of more mid period, but I've come across lots of early ish stuff. Um, and it's for the most part, it's been really nice to see it all. You know, really nice, really like. I don't. There's something about using the font word "fond," which ages you straight away. But just really fond, <laughs> really fond memories. Well, I'm a person. I'm I'm going to use the word "nice," and I'm, I mean it as a compliment. I don't mean dull. You know, oh yeah, she's <laughs> nice. Right. You know, I mean, she's. I, I mean, genuinely, I believe morally, she's not suspect. Yeah, no, exactly. Cla- no, no. More of the classic definition, really. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> to be fair, uh, the mm. y- you wrote up that. So for some reason, that reminded me of you wrote up the. I think it was. I believe it was for Talkhouse uh, for the record was Steve Albini the rec- the recording electrical for um, for that McCluskey record. And it also just, again, taking the conversation back to, you know, folks not having the context of what the band was at the time and where the band was that I felt it interesting that you, you were, it was diplomatic, but it kind of pulled back, it pulled back the curtain in the, in the way that, you know, there, there was a lot of, all right, are there any songs today? No, there are no songs, you know, like, like that, that kind of uh, alacrity. If you yeah. Know. The thing is that well, that was such a, an extreme example, though, because it was a complete breakdown of whatever the process is supposed to be. And it's mental to be at the centre of something like that. As a, you know, I'm a guy, who, I, like everybody, really, you could probably do with a bit of therapy, you know, everybody could. Um, but I'm not an extremist in any sense of the word. And you, I'll be I'll be polite. I'm... I'm there's a certain amount of stress or drama that I just don't want to be at the center of. You know, and when somebody is completely shut down, when you're there at a facility to record a thing, which is to do with your, what is hopefully your job and somebody, one person, a drummer in a rock band ref- completely refuses to, to engage with the process and thus, thus basically wasting the time of five people and about ten thousand dollars or something in the in the process, yeah. then you you just start to lose your mind. I mean, it was it was astonishing. So that, I mean, that's what happened, and everything's fine now. So uh, no nobody was nobody went out of the tent like you know Captain Scott. I maybe some time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Although right. he didn't grab the tent, did he? Whichever the daft cunts went out the tent, I don't know. Um, Chris, let's call him Chris. Can, can I just say that, um, that therapy extremists would be an excellent Christian fitness song uh, title? Yeah, uh, we, mate. I've got so many, so many songs for new record. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone potty. Like it, it, I really need. I realized last night I was just 
listening to all the demos because I love them so much. And I don't really have an urge to record them because I'm enjoying it. And, you know, to a degree, to a degree, fuck everyone else. Like, <laughs> I've already gone to all of this effort and I'm perfectly happy. So why not just keep it like this and just listen to it myself secretly every night? And you know what? That's, that's an awful thing to say, but I'm just really having a good time at the minute. And actually going to the point of properly re-recording these songs just seems like a bit of an effort when I could just go and write another bunch. <laughs> Wow, that is that is well, taking uh, that mindset to the ultimate extreme. It really is, you know. Yeah. It's like that whole thing, you know, with bands. Oh, don't don't be scared. Come closer. Yeah. You know, you're like, no, this is my stage. Fuck off. <laughs> right. You get, a, you get away. This is my zone. If you come to mark your territory, you came to the wrong territory. You know. If you come any closer, you will be ejected with the full force and authority of the law. <laughs> yeah. Or or if you're physically tougher than me you will eject me. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. No, it'll shake out one of two ways. <laughs> because it's best, even when you're a shit talker, to be realistic. Oh, well, and that can certainly so introduce some humor and diffuse the situation as well. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, like, you've, oh, got to, you've got to be realistic. I'm just that's getting, good. I'm just going to be so I'm straddling middle class and working class because I'm drinking cans of Peroni. Peroni, so, but it, Peroni, you know, but cans. But yeah, precisely. So it's a way of I do have conflicted cash and um, class uh, identity anyway. So I'm really playing with it at the minute. Well, and that uh, seems to be a uh... oh man, that's that seems to be something that's happening a lot with uh, UK bands. Is hey everybody, well, we're class conscious. It's very well. It's very difficult and important class in British art, especially because it was so middle class probably until the 70s and then from then on the whole deal became a question of being as performatively working class as you possibly can be whether you're working class or not and obviously yes. there is obviously there's a value in having plurality of voices but there's not a value in having a tokenism of voices is there and there's some music for whom it's class identity is crucial to it and there's some music where it's it's not important at all. And there's other music where, frankly, it looks like you're trying too fucking hard. If, if, I have to hear, if I have to hear too much of the story around a band to make a band interesting, then I'm probably not going to enjoy... But no, I'm, and I say that generally, you know. Some, wait until you read some, the chapbook. Yeah. <laughs> some, some singers take their tops off and you don't think anything of it. Yeah. Because because the, everything else is real and good and whatever. Whereas sometimes other singers take their tops off and you're like, well, it's a good job you took your top off, mate. <laughs> the rest of it was piss poor. <laughs> yeah, otherwise we would have to concentrate on... Uh, so all I'm saying is it's not, the, it's not the act itself, it's the context in which it occurs, isn't it? <laughs> it's the motion in the ocean, really. The motion... Oh, whoa. <laughs> mine, mine. Mind, mind, comma, blown explanation. <laughs> well, and there, there's certainly good examples of that used effectively. You know, I, I think Sleaford mods are like I, who were described to me alternately as uh, an English dude complaining over some shitty bass and drum beats, but great. And uh, which, which actually, yeah, with, with, with a band like Sleaford mods, it, it works, it works. Absolutely. Yeah, it needs to be. It needs to be. There is a conscious working class 
consciousness about it, or rather a conscious what what would be termed in that way by by a, a lot of a lot of people. I think, and obviously for other bands, maybe they because it's weird, isn't it? Because other people can appear to have once you start labelling certain concerns as middle class or working class, <laughs> then you. You're into a really dodgy ground, aren't you? Yes. So for all kind for all kinds of reasons, because it also it also it also implies that you know working class people don't like to read books. I hear Reginald. It's just it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's 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 crazy. So well, and I shouldn't feel like there's like should be a necessity for every band to be like Billy Bragg or whatever either. Like you know, like it's it's no. as a cultural attaché. I mean, good on you, I suppose, but uh, okay, I get it, you know, cool. But the, but but then like some bands can pull it off where it's like, no, this is an important part of what this band is. And and again, if you're, sure. yeah, you, you know, if it's like gang of four bass lines, but shouting political stuff over it, which was another description mm-hmm. by another friend of mine of Sleaford Mods, I was like, it's great. Yeah, and again, I've heard, you know, I've I've heard less than flatter ones. Listen, there's some Sleaford Mods stuff I like, and there's some stuff I like less sure, than that course. so some stuff i like fewer than that but it's fine and for, for 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 something to get that big which sounds like that even if it ain't my favorite thing is really fucking good isn't it so i didn't really so good on it. i didn't realize they were a big band i, I really i really and i guess i don't know well, why i just they're definitely what i would constitute very successful and they they, they them, obviously yeah. it's, it's a it's a career for them and good good on them i mean you'd have to be uh You'd have to be insane, or as a musician who's been doing stuff a long time, I'm sure this applies to you. At times, you can have feelings of jealousy towards bands. Um, that's a totally valid uh, emotion to have and engage with, and then to fucking get over because it's right. it, because that's of the game. world we live in. Like, and if if you're still jealous of, of friends or other people's success after a while, then you need to question your own motives for doing something. But it, I think it's fine, you know, it's fine to actually feel that way in the first place and then and then to talk talk yourself out of talk yourself out. And to go back that. and, you know, practice guitar, you know, write a new song, like do 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 the work, you know. Music is inspiration. Yeah. If I go out and see a great band, that inspires me to go and write a song. If I go out and see a bad band, that goes that inspires me to go back home and write a song. And that's it. That's the you know that's I, so I know I'm tired when I say you know too much. It's a it's a key thing. It's a it's a signifier. He needs he, so, soon soon he must sleep for you know he speak. Yeah, it really is a really is a shocker. Well, as a born and bred Californian, I'm trained not to hear it. So uh, you're you're okay oh, with of me. Of course, of course. <laughs> if if that if that set you off, if that was one of your trigger trigger phrases, you'd be a notorious. Notorious serial killer. By I, I would be the person in, in a business meeting that would probably unironically, can you use ironically, use the words rad and or awesome because I don't think you know what <laughs> I do struggle sometimes with uh, Julia's use of dude. It does occasionally. Because <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not used in an ostentatious way. I mean, if a British person says dude, yeah. I mean, it's like when a British person says country mile. Or, uh, <laughs> or when a British person unironically, which I've heard, if, if a British person unironically says "do the math," mm. that's when that's when you know that things might have to get a bit slappy because we don't we don't say that right. we, we don't say "do the math." You know, we we 
pluralize plural events. That's Whereas if a Californian or someone from Californian descent, maybe, uh, says dude before something, it, it means that something important is going to happen in the next sentence. Like, I'm, I'm getting your attention here. You know, Something purportedly important. Yep. Yeah. Something deemed yeah. to be important is about to be Some, said. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, but Julia does a dude. She does um, uh, occasionally, uh, occasionally she'll go full struth. That's when you know maximum maximum Australianness has been has been reached. <laughs> it's been achieved. Yeah. She really is. Watch I mean, out for passing the, kangaroos. Yes, she's not the most Australian person in the world. She's not always trying to prove herself by beating you in an arm wrestle, you know. Um, but she's she's Australian. They can't they can't shake it off the Australians. They, you know, I don't think we British have as strong a cultural identity as Americans or Australians. Mm. We're not. We're more ambivalent. We're, we're brought up to be more ambivalent about our country, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest, but it's a, it's a thing. Can you talk about the status of Future the Left with, you know, you know real-life adult concerns and, and things happening? Like, what's uh, is there a new Future the Left coming? Uh, the status is, uh, who, who the fuck knows, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, we've moved house. We, we live in Bristol now. Yeah. Um, which is sad in some ways, good in other ways. I mean, London, like any place which feels like the center of the world, is really hard to leave, even when you haven't seen your friends there for a year. Right. Uh, because, I mean, even we were lucky enough where we lived in Battersea, just a walk through Battersea Park and then along the Thames every night, or a run when I could run before I got really ill, a run to Westminster through this, you feel a city like that, you know, I suppose, which is equitable to New York, I would suppose, it's, it's really addictive, even when you're not that fucking happy there. Yeah. It's really incredible. You, and moving away from it, it just, you feel like you've just been a speck in the, mm. in the life of this great city. And it's, and th but that's also what's appealing about it a place like that so so to leave it has been rubbish but everything else apart from the things you fucking see is a huge positive for the band we live closer to cardiff for rehearsals uh because obviously we've got a nearly four year old now julia and i and that's um the most amazing thing that ever happened but obviously limits you in a lot of ways it changes the you have to do the math to figure out what's you, best. you really do you have to do several math so many math, in fact, that it's, yes. So many math. Uh, a, so, a plethora so many. of math. A mathera. A mathera. A mathera. yeah. Uh, like Godzilla um, versus Mathera? Yes, I remember that film. <laughs> Great. Yeah, Godzilla just couldn't get quadratic equations. <laughs> could couldn't, couldn't get his arms um, around it. Literally. But it's, it's good in nearly every other way. We've got friends in Bristol, friends in Bath. Obviously, Cardiff is about an hour away by train. Uh, it's it's going to be really good. Well, and Bristol, I mean... Aren't the weren't the pop group uh, from Bristol and uh, uh, I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. You know, there's this. But yeah, so uh, there's lots of music from uh, Bristol. There's loads of bands here at the minute. Obviously, even predating Idols, getting really big. Uh, there's lots of stuff. Oh, they're from there too. Uh, yeah. From from here, so, um, Damien lives here. Lots of people live here. It just means that Future the Left can now, going back to your original question, back in 1014 BC, um, 
we <laughs> can actually functionally rehearse. Yeah. Like a rehearsal for us doesn't need to literally involve a whole day. Sometimes a weekend An trip, which would cost us yeah. close to close to four hundred pounds, including hotels, um, because of the childcare we've got to get and everything. I mean, it just became impossible. And frankly, making music in an environment where you know that every because of the other costs involved, it's every hour of that rehearsal is costing you a hundred pounds. You're just sitting there with the yeah. uh, the dollar meter <laughs> going yeah, in your mind the whole time. Yeah. It's not about, we've been doing it too long and it's not financially lucrative enough for it to be that much yeah. pressure. Like it should never be that much pressure. It doesn't have to be it. And, and, and it, it, it wasn't enjoyable doing it in that way. So until we moved, it was kind of on a, a, a complete a complete stop i mean we've we've had half an album written for three or four years but we need to play together more need to play together yeah. like a band once at least once a week if you're any kind of band you should be trying to just smash it out once a week for four hours and then come out of the room feeling a bit stunned um, but happy with what yeah, so, occurred yeah so that's the state of that hopefully hopefully sometime next next this summer there'll be some songs and then hopefully late next year there'll be a record but a lot of that's got to do with the the practicalities the practicalities of it at all working it's more likely there'll be more mccluskey stuff before then just because i was going to ask about gateway band and and thereafter yeah Uh, so there's going to be i mean they've got to be properly announced but we're too busy talking about godzilla versus mathra so you know (laughs) Well, yeah, but every, everybody's got their priorities, mate. Right. Um, yeah, it's it, it's. Oh, you got a it's snort out of me on that one. Twentieth anniversary of Do Dallas, April next year. Right. So there's going to be some shows in the UK, certainly. Uh, in the US, Australia again. I hope. Um, I'm US. hoping to be able to do, like, realistically, to be able to do Canada. Uh, just because it's more likely because you don't have visa costs and we there's a reciprocal tax agree and anyway it's something where we can do it and maybe not make money but definitely come and do it and definitely not lose money which is a huge attraction really um but with the states it would require a lot more interest so well i will say that not just with american foreign policy but with with many things having to do with this uh insane Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey circus of a country that we have things are changing to be a little more friendly but at the same time things in your country are getting even more oh that looks great let's do that as far as just proper obstacles for no specific reason I'm thinking of things like you know the the VAT and stuff like that, like shipping, shipping records has become just, just, I mean, as much as, you know, it's normally a fine balls, punch self in balls situation or, or ma'ams, let's not be sexist about it. Uh, it, it feel like it's gotten even more so. And oh, it has, well, explicitly in the last year, it yes. was, I mean, I've sent records out for years. It was, I can't remember exactly. It was either 12 or 12 pounds 70 to send heavy vinyl to the States until last July when it changed to £19.70. It literally went up. So it went up by 50% overnight. Yeah. And, I mean, that's ins- I mean, what kind of business can 
can like take on that charge. So it means that yeah. basically somebody buying a record of ours from the States is going to be looking at $50 with, with postage. I mean, that's just ludicrous. Who the fuck wants to... I think most people are happy that you're paying 25 quid maybe or $30 up to, you're getting a record mailed to you, a record you like. That's something you can probably deal with, right? But When the shipping do... is more than the record, I mean... Yeah. Well, I looked at getting the Martha's Vineyard Ferries um, LP and it was $18 or something and it was $29 more for shipping and taxes. And you're like, yeah, I'll just... I won't do that because I literally can't afford it because that's insane. Because <laughs> you know, that, that's insane. Like, if you can afford to pay that, good on you. You're really supporting the band because that's a, I, I don't know, that's more, I, I value music, but that's a lot. It's a lot of money. And so yeah. I just got the download, which is mad because I'll probably, probably only listen to a download four or five times. But never mind. But never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. It's a very good record, that. I don't know if you listen to it. The the Martha's Vineyard Fairies one? Yeah. Yeah, it's sure uh, 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 so Elisha, who's the not Chris Broca, not Bob Weston, is going to be on the show uh soon soon, soon. Pretty soon. I don't know when I don't have my calendar in front of me, but like mm-hmm. I'm very excited. I I've I've have actually seen them a couple I've seen them three times. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Well I well well, I wasn't previously aware of them, but I enjoyed it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's, you know, it sounds a little bit like what you think that band would sound like and a little bit like something totally different. And I think that's... Just, um, it just, it's very, it's it's very, this is, not, this is going to sound like faint praise, but it isn't. It's very honest is a bad way to put it. It's just very true to what it is. It's just raw. It's just raw. That's exactly what it is, music. There's no... There's no, there's no pretense there at all, yeah. and it's it just yeah, it's just a very real sounding record. I've, I've read, I enjoyed it. I expected to think it was okay, uh, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> no, well, I did. I, I, I didn't have any expectations for it, and from the description in the first few seconds, I expected to think this was okay, right. some Bob Moley style thing, yeah. you know. But yeah. I really, I really enjoyed. I really genuinely enjoyed it. I don't really have the words to describe it properly because. I try to apply all my imaginative thought into the stuff I do. And frankly, sometimes I run out of things to say about other people's music. Do you like it? Yeah. What did you think? It was good. <laughs> it was good. 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 Put that in. Good. Time out, London. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But see, the nice thing about that review, though, is you can put it up on big 72-point type as a headline. Good. Good. You could. Good. <laughs> I, I, I didn't feel as if I'd wasted an evening. Right, exactly. Yeah. The highest possible praise, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that always the, start, the starter did not overwhelm. <laughs> it always reminds me of uh, the, this, this is going to sound like a very interesting thing for me to make light of, but the, the day after 9-11 in San Francisco, the two newspapers of record, one of which was the sort of like cheekier version, if you will, like the equivalent of like the sun or something, uh, they, they chose to run... Cheekier, you mean the so the more racist, right. racist right wing, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they chose to run the headline, <laughs> the headline of bastards with three exclamation points. Which I, you, I have to say, there was nothing to laugh about during that time, but I took note of it to laugh about it later because I, I, I thought that the the usage of seventy two point type and multiple exclamation marks 
were uh, notable to, to me. And See, they're going, we need, we need one more exclamation point. It's not enough. We're not getting there. I'm just going to open the door to my dog cat. I'll just be one second. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that is a story about 72 point type. And thank you very much for listening to it, everybody. <clears throat> Bastards. I think that was a, might have been the, I think it was still the examiner at the time. Decent music session about- for a while. Uh, the... Sorry about that. If, I, if I'd left the door unopened, he would have fucking headbutted down. I... I do apologize. Come on, mate. Come and say hello. Come on. Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Yes, go. I, I had a I had a very <laughs> very late in the day bonus shower because I uh, discovered much in the way that um, Christopher Columbus discovered America a hairball uh, on the floor earlier, and uh, I discovered it with my bare feet. So that was. Cats, gotta love them. This is the, the uh, summation. Gotta love cats. How many cats you got? We got two of them, and one of them is a long hair, and they're two. Great. Yeah, we got a brother and sister, don't we, Gengi? <laughs> He's quite a character. This guy, really. Well, I think um... since, you, since you moved, he hasn't been able to go out, so he's been extra needy. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been crazy. We've been, we've been doing. You've been coming on the show long enough. That I remember there were kittens at one point. Well, as most cats were. <laughs> they didn't spring fully formed from the head of Zeus. Of course, they were kids at one point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it would have done first 2014. I think, yeah, we've had these cats pretty much since since we first started talking on this, I reckon. Because they, yeah, they, we judge their basic birthday by, by when my birthday is next month. So there'll be seven then. There'll be seven next month. Um, I, I, I just remember feeding them with bottles the first yes. couple of weeks, and it was probably unnecessary. But I just wanted to be absolutely sure because they were both so they were both so incredible. I, yeah. I, it's it's in a way it's a shame that humans can be so lovable, and engaging, and engaging because cats are just amazing as well. Aren't they? they really it's are. Just a shame. But there's literally there's so much time in my life I should be spent giving attention to cats that I'm spent do, doing other things like dressing myself. And it's just a farce. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's a hollow farce really. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but I, I, I feel disingenuous if we didn't talk about gateway band, which I, I, I think I, we actually talked about and we started talking about something entirely different, probably cats. Uh, that is sort of a shot across the bow to a certain degree of that there's going to be some new McCluskey yeah. stuff, right? I mean, it wasn't necessarily intended as a shot across the bow as much as just a uh, just a, a document of the things we'd done. Um, but it's got what I'm what I'm driving at is that at the end of it, there's a demo for a new song. There is, yeah, there is. And um, one thing with Gateway Band is though, again. I'd forgotten actually how difficult a live thing is to put together. It's much more difficult than it is just to put together an album. And there's lots of reasons for that. Part of the reason is when you're doing some editing, which you are doing, because especially for the CD, you're basically getting a show, even with the McCluskey one, which is like 86 minutes down to under 70 to get on the CD. So you're going to have to take off shows, but also trim little bits to take off time, but also to improve the flow of the show in an audio format, because you don't mind a little pause here or there when you're actually at the show, because you've got oh, I can go get a beer, I can go to the bathroom, here, yeah, su- yeah, <laughs> sucking you in. Whereas those gaps, 
uh, on a recording, on a video to a degree, but then definitely on an audio recording, are incredibly distracting. It can really kill kill the movie. It's a it's a, it's, it's a different medium to live. It's another. It's like a sub medium of it, I suppose. And actually editing it, actually editing it is really weird because I can't listen to more of three or four live songs without getting a headache. Be- I mean, by listen to, I mean, listen to, listen to, Mm-mm. as in analyze. I find it really tough, like really tough. And editing a lot of the speech or whatever, I've, I find it really tough. We've, one of them's done. One of the shows is completely finished, but we're still finishing the London show. And it sounds great. And the London show is a lot funnier because the crowd were more engaged than the Cardiff show, which right. is on there. But um, doing it is giving me a headache. I don't, I don't know what to do. In the way that playing a live show, or if I was listening to it as a as a fan, it wouldn't give me a headache. But it's so it's so odd. It's so odd. I literally don't want to. And frankly, I always release stuff two weeks late. But this is all together for different reasons. Going to be about two, two and a half months late by the time it comes out, and I do feel a little bit embarrassed. Like I, I feel, I feel as if because of a lot of things, the illness I went through, moving house, and other things, I, I just feel like I've taken my eye off the ball a little bit with this mm. release. And uh, um, and I, I don't think anybody will particularly mind, but it's given me a good. Uh, it's given me a good kick up the ass from my working practices in general. It's good. To, it's good when that happens sometimes, though. You know, to it's like a little bit like something you were saying before, just as it occurs to me, when you know you were talking about how it's good to know when to quit as well from doing band stuff. Well, for me, there's nothing wrong with sitting down with yourself every so often. Well, you can't sit down without yourself, can you? Um, <laughs> sit down with yourself. And to ask yourself the question, a lot of if, flexibility. Everything doing, <laughs> if everything you're doing is the right thing, whether that's for you or for other people and to take it from there, just to have that, you know, that meeting with HR, the, 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 the twice annual review, but just with yourself and go, right, is this still making me happy yeah. or am I just facilitating some bad habits with this, um, this stuff? And it is, it is, it is important to do that. I think it's important not to just be swept along in it. I had a, um, a meeting with a, a guy about, I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to inadvertently reveal to them who it was. But anyway, someone I've known for years and we ostensibly just got together a few years ago, just for a chat. We hadn't seen each other for years. And then basically during the course of the chat, it became clear that what he was trying to say to me why he'd arranged the meeting was to kind of say, this isn't really working for you, mate. You need to find some other ways of getting through your life. Mm. You, do you get what I'm saying? I do, yeah. And he wasn't he wasn't super blatant about it, but there was a lot of stuff there, which was, I don't know, by the end, you'd have to have been an idiot not to pick up on the scene. <laughs> right, right. And the thing is, there's a lot of the stuff he was saying, this is the thing, wasn't necessarily without validity, mm-hmm. but it was all... But it was all also very wrong as well, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and you know, I totally, I totally did, wouldn't have, didn't cause a falling out or whatever, because I sort of got where he was coming from. But but similarly, it would be, yeah, it was it was it was a little bit of a sobering moment that, in the sense of like, oh, some people think you've lost your mind, you know. <laughs> some people think you've lost. You're like a like a like a hobo music guy, you know. You won't get a job, you know. You just won't. You can't can't wear trousers <laughs> or something. You know? Wow. Um, 
But yes, that was a very um, that was a very uh, so sobering moment for me. Not literally, I was pissed as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about psychologically sobering, of course. Yes, yes of course, of course, of course, <laughs> of course, of course. So I don't know how I don't, I don't know how we regressed to that. I suppose could we really a digress there? So we regressed that. Well, and there is, but I think it's interesting because there there are different ways of that being kind of put forward, like those types of conversations. You know, things can be euphemized uh, as opposed to euthanized. No, let's not do any euthanizing. <laughs> uh, you know, again, as someone who's a West Coast person, like living in the Midwest now, like it, it's the 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 torturedness, torturedness, the level of torture people will put themselves through to say something very simple, but is like you know, maybe yeah. a little too direct than they feel comfortable with. It mm. can be amusing is the wrong word but almost uh, you you get secondhand embarrassment sometimes but it's like it's a cult you know and sometimes it's a cultural thing nobody wants to be confrontational nobody wants to yeah to i mean who does i mean it and again nobody wants to be confrontational in the end with this guy i think his you know his heart was in the right place i think he's i thought at the time he had a bit of a fucking cheek but i thought his heart was in the right place and ultimately <laughs> ultimately it's it's fine i i think his i think his main concern was me so I just kind of let it go and it was fine. Um, but yeah, it just, it was a very odd conversation. It makes you in the same way that even when you make music, it's really good. Often I had a really odd experience with McCluskey it was a really full on year of music. It was one year where it was really full on and I and we were the center of that, even though it wasn't a big thing. Was really important, and everywhere we went was gigs and things, and so we were important at the center of a, albeit a small thing. And then, but actually, come out of that, and then to get a job, and for it not to be important at all was (laughs) really, really incredible. And by that, I don't mean there's just a bizarre thing when you're in a band or you're touring, and people are aware of the band. And I think I've said this to you before, one of the best things is being at one of the gigs, maybe watching one of the bands and talking to someone in the crowd and you don't have to introduce yourself right. or uh, you don't have to, you yeah. begin the conversation from seven minutes in. And so you're getting over these, or, and, and I don't mean, I don't hate small talk. It can be fine. I talk people's ears off on planes all the time to the point where Julia has to have interventions. She's like, stop talking. Stop talking to that man about cricket. He doesn't care. Yeah, stop it. You know, stop befriending people. Um, yes. Quit quit all the befriending. No, it's definitely something which is definitely the thing which has changed about me most since I was like, I wasn't really very interested in people in general till I was in my mid 20s, maybe. Hmm. Just wasn't interested at all. I, I, I don't even mean in a horrible way. I was just what was about was going on but the older older again just get really interested in talking to people people like, like can be fascinating you know, sometimes that, but but definitely with as well yeah <laughs> well and and uh oh, God, yeah, yeah yeah it's something that i wanted to kind of dig more into but now i'm, I'm going somewhere else entirely but the so let's get back to including the demo on on the on the live album I mean, they, oh well, it's not actually going to be on the album. It's just part of the download. The the, the so it, it won't be on the actual hard copy. That wouldn't really be in the spirit of of it. But it's a way of saying. I mean, who knows whether that where that song will end up? Whether it'll be a real fundamental thing? Because obviously, it's never been played in a room together because right. of the the global fucking plague. 
Um, you but, hear about this plague, uh, Paul? You hear about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, People don't tune in the show for the bits. Go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you? You, you should. You should. You should have said the station name over the top of that, and then put that as an item. But oh, my, my cat's using this opportunity to use the litter. Oh, you darling. Um, as one does. Uh, just more like a. Yeah, this this is happening, I suppose. Right. But I mean, but again, there's no pressure. We're going to get together. We've written lots of songs remotely, you know, in the way that a lot of bands write songs, I suppose, but it's never really worked for me writing songs as a band in different places. Um, a lot of bands I like have written songs like that. It's just never, never worked in my own experience. But uh, we'll, when we'll get together in a room, we'll have a few rehearsals. And if it goes really well, then there'll be a record. And if it doesn't, then there won't be a record. Uh, and that's <laughs> And, and that's that's, that's going to be, uh, Damien's going to be in on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Pleasure. Pleasure to play with. Great. Great performer. Um, good at all of the sound bits of it. Uh, lovely person. Uh, good fun. Like we're a very median medium or mean. I'm not sure. Certainly, certainly, um, certainly average group of people in the sense that we like a couple of beers, but not a lot of beers. Uh, some really fun time is good, but not, but not excessive because we've got stuff to get up and do, you know. And the the and the show is the center of the experience, uh, as opposed to being just a part of it. Not that I've been in band bands, frankly, with maniacs, but I've been with people where you could have been forgiven for thinking that they weren't there to actually do a show sometimes, mm. um, and. Uh, it's it's very lovely so far, but then again, it, it's been lovely the whole thing for years. Like, very lucky to tour with the people. People I do really. They're just the occasional bottle of red wine is 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 asked for, uh, which uh, that's about it. There's no, again, the level we do it at. If it. If there was any part of that experience which wasn't fun, like a particular show we play or whatever, that we, then we just don't do it. We just don't do it. And that's that's actually fan, fantastically liberating in some ways, sure, even though yeah. it means you've got to scrap and scrape in other parts of your life to pull everything together. Um, yeah, nobody nobody tells us which songs to play or whatever. And if there's a problem with the venue, we can bitch on about it. And someone to the label's not going to go, oh, he's a pretty negative guy. He is it's like, yeah. Well, when things are shit, I say they're shit. Get over it. Um, but, but yeah, it's all good. I, I can't remember where we, where we led to from there. Um, I can't, well, remember, well, I can't to... remember the email on that particular one. Yeah. We were, t- we were talking about like the, the new McCluskey song. Right. And, and I think for, each of the bands, you know, whether it's Fusta Left, whether it's McCluskey, whether it's Christian Fitness, kind of has its own voice, its own uh, lexicon, if you will. But there's a through line through all of it, obviously, clearly, you know. For Yeah, yeah. There is a, so I can see the kind of development as well. Yeah. And there's things which are sometimes tried in the earlier bands, maybe not as successfully, which are realized in the, in the later things. But also, I think those bands are good is when they just do the things which suit the dynamic of what that band is. Uh, Interesting. That, I, so yeah, can you expand like, upon that a little bit in terms of revisiting older material and things along those lines? Like, uh, well, I, for example, the songs, well, the songs I know, for example, would be better 
well, you just know as a musician, there are certain songs which are better recorded with, with Steve and there's certain songs which aren't better recorded with Steve. Yeah. And I just know what those songs are instinctively. And the, the songs which are best recorded with Steve are the songs where there's three of us in a room and we just slam it out and that's yeah. it. That's the, that's the best one. And there's no alchemy to that or whatever. There's just a, there's just a, a truth to it. Um, like in, and with, with McCluskey, sometimes where the band struggled is, was, uh, and, and not that anybody had this conversation because who does in a band? You have, you, you have the conversation with your instruments, I dare say. <laughs> Ideally, but, yes. <laughs> uh, but so you do kind of, the first album really wasn't an album, but the second album, Do Dallas, was an album and it's got, without anybody trying for it, a format as in, distorted bass sounds cool i sing nonsense a thing you know a high guitar thing yeah yeah. that's basically with some variation that's it even though again nobody thought of it that way but then when it comes to then writing new next album if you've got any self-respect can't just do that again let's just do that again that worked okay (laughs) and now because you've played those songs so much you're aware that there's a degree of a format with it so you're looking for ways to kind of invoke that feeling but by doing it slightly differently and some attempts at it were really successful and some attempts weren't like a song like uh without msg i'm nothing is very successful it sounds like a a development of what went before whereas a song like lucky jim on the album which i still think is really good but by means of how we recorded it it just sounded a bit muddy I suppose is the yeah. way I'd describe it a bit more mu- or certainly a little bit muddier than maybe I would have wanted it, but looking at, at it another way, that's how it sounded. So that's how it sounded. <laughs> you know, you recorded with Steve. So, you know, the, you know, the fucking story there. So that's how it sounded. Cause that's how it sounded. That's as kind of as, as simple as that, or at least that's my understanding of it. I could be completely, could be missing something completely fundamental about, uh, about how sound works well the metrics too can can change i mean think about the fact that if i remember correctly i think you said that uh she will only bring you happiness you kind of felt that that was like a bit of a pavement by yeah. at first right? well yeah but we called it the pavement song because it sounded a bit pavementy yeah and, and really it doesn't i mean it's got other aspects of say our my personality which yeah. maybe stop it sounding like that but to us there was a I mean, it was a it was a joke. I mean, you know, even when we're doing how to stop the fourth feature, the left album, there was a song which I just called, which ended up be, uh, being like a on the Human Death EP we did called Fucked Up Runners, which it's not on the album because to me it just sounded like a sped up shellac song. That's what it sounded like. So, <laughs> but if so, you can identify it, usually other people hope you know, yeah. too. So yeah, but it's only, but but again, if something like that happens occasionally, then I mean, you know, on my hard on my hard drive stuff I'm working to, I think I've got Fugazi one through forty seven or something. You know, <laughs> basically means you know what it means. Yeah. You, you make music, and and you know those ideas usually won't go anywhere else because it's like congratulations, that's pretty good. It was better when Fugazi did it. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and so that's just that's just what that is, isn't it? But it's loads. It's still loads of fun to make that music. I I spent about a good hour and a half last night listening to music I made, which I will definitely never release. But I had loads of time listening back to it and having memories of when I made it, and that's shocking in some ways. But 
just so much fun to make music to have notes come out of fucking nowhere i just i just love it there's also speaking to that earlier point though about there's the, the songs that you think it's like oh that's clearly you know a such and such ripoff or whatever and then other people just don't hear it at all or even better that it. when it goes through the meat grinder of whatever your creative outlet is whatever the band is that it just ends up sounding like you afterwards and yeah absolutely or it ends up just sounding like you because of whatever it is that i mean i can i can take because like i've said to you and a million people and the reason i've said it is because it's true i am trying to do pop music it, right. to me it's, it's or rather my idea of pop music yeah. where the ideal song where the ideal song is that's how i escape my certain fate that's that's the ideal for me but no that is the ideal song because it's it's loud and noisy and makes you want to hurtle into walls but it also has a, a soul and it has a, a big pop a tune which, weird it, pop it, just, it just has a tune which makes you ascend like it's incredible yeah um but uh they're all meant to be they're all meant to be pop songs um but they they don't necessarily come across that way because your personality gets in the way and spoils everything but by spoil i mean hope hopefully gives it its, its flavor for me it's all about um you got this idea and it, say if you're playing certain types of chords it might sound like a particular type of band but your own personality should i've got a song at the minute called tomb hair right i don't know what tomb hair is i've had to make up whatever tomb hair is but but maybe it's, it's when it's you a, sit in a coffin for too long and your hair adopts the uh, shape of the coffin perhaps yeah maybe or i was i was more thinking about the hair you want when you die oh okay, you know yeah the, the, or the hair That's which is always identified with you not that hair is particularly important to me but Anyway, I don't know how I got here, but it's a really great song. It is, it is just the vernacular, pretty rocking, but it's just not, it's just not, it's just not me, you know, right, it's just right. not, it, or at least it isn't at the minute, maybe. And I keep going back to it and going, this is, this is great. It excites me to listen to it, mm. but there's something about it, which I, I don't know, is I'm not, not that I'm not comfortable with it. It's just not quite working. I must have spent. 12 hours listening to this two minute song trying to work out what it is which isn't not right but just not appropriate it's it's hard to describe anyway maybe i'll hear the song one day and you'll know instantly and you'll go it's that far go <laughs> well it, it's think about it in terms of like you can have a perfectly fine lovely jacket that's wonderful beautiful in every way and then you put it on and it just doesn't look good on you yeah, something about the fit doesn't quite work. Yeah, it's just—it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it, the fact that it doesn't work for you. I, do, I generally don't do any more the very short, quiet, loud dynamic. Mm -hmm. This song does the quiet, loud dynamic, but it's got a real proper, like, f like just flow to it. It's great, but and I listen to it and I'm really excited. And at the end, I go nah, and then I play it again, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, all the way through. I'm like, definitely definitely this one this one's great and at the end i go nah so i'm not i'm not quite sure what's what's gone wrong with my uh, over to the dustbin of history unfortunately yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm determined this one is going to make it or maybe it has to be there as an oddity or maybe it isn't on a record maybe it's a yeah. this is what this is it isn't really what this is, but it is what it, you know, it, it is in and of itself. Oh, Freaks, nerds, and weirdos, the Christian fitness collection. 
Yeah, but that's the thing, isn't it? You, you you're doing something which I've got I've got to be. Ca- I mean, I try to be careful, um, but there's so many songs to release. I went through songs for the Christian Fitness album, and I was 46, um, and including Future the Left and McCluskey ideas. I'm at 88 ideas at the minute, and Good I just God, want to man. release. I just want to release them. I just loads of fun. I mean, yeah, 40 yeah. of them are objectively shit. You know, of course, <laughs> of course they are. Well, anybody else would think that, but it's just so much, it's just so much fun. I, it's actually astonishing that, that something which costs relatively so little money. I mean, you don't need expensive guitars or whatever. I mean, I've got a decent monitor now and some $300 speakers, but and a, a decent setup, which has taken me years to build up to make music on. But making music for an individual in a Western country is pretty, it, it's pretty cheap to do now compared to when we started making records. Yeah. It was it's, so, it's been you, know, you had to pay hundreds of pounds a day. Yeah. You had to pay 200 pounds a day to do a substandard recorder with some guy called Dave. And now you he wants can to fucking sweeten the get, sound up. Yeah. <laughs> now you can rec- now you can genuinely record at home to a level which at least t- tells you whether you know what you're doing or not. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking. It's really amazing. You know, fair fair play to time. It has brought some rewards. <sighs> Thank goodness, because there's there's a, there's a whole lot of whatever the opposite of rewards are uh, going on for the world at large. So it's, uh, oh, it's nice yeah, to take so. stock of what is important and what is. Well, like you said about, about Biden, though, even though you mightn't agree with the full, the full content of the text, at least you can agree there's a plan rather than a bizarre a... reality television show fed through the, the filter of apparent mental degeneration, uh, which is... Yeah, at least there's, there's there's something. At least there's a rash, and at least there's a way you know where you have of dealing with it and passing the information you're being given, as opposed to this crazy, are we all going to die tomorrow? Sense of yeah, which unreality. which was which was a weird but yet palpable relief of just like oh, God, what feels different today? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, there isn't the same level of like oncoming dread that happened anywhere for the last four years and it's you know next thing we got to work on is okay let's get a, an agreed upon set of facts you know even like you think i'm an idiot you know i think you're an idiot we don't agree on literally anything but it would be cool if we could agree upon actual facts that would be that's like the next step yeah well that isn't well the thing is is, is that a feasible step that's i don't the, know i mean the, it's i I, um, I would be honestly i this is gonna maybe not endear me to some people but i'd be fine with just those people not being platformed that's fine <laughs> let, let, let them well, work it out well as far as i understood when i was younger not that i knew anybody who voted for the conservative party but the general idea was that people on the left were do-gooders with airy fairy ideas of how society could be right. but frankly were idealistic to the point of naivety and there was certainly there is certainly truth in that you know, even as someone is on the left, there is certainly truth in that. But the idea or the counterpoint of that was people on the right were sometimes a little heartless, but at least they were competent. Right. It was exactly. competent. Yeah, there was that's... an efficiency that maybe their regulation that they brought to certain, uh, you know, to, to public life, to public and private life. Whereas now, 
that well that i mean i'm not breaking any new ground here am i but that's simply not the case is it there's a a grift going on and even though the grift happens on the left as well yeah uh but the the grift on the right is shameless and total well, look, look at look at all the money raised for election integrity with air quotes where it's like, oh, yes, yes, they're you're definitely helped to protect all of the elections by giving these these people all of your money. Like it's it, that's exactly I mean, what that's going to go to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's 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 fucking bananas is what it is, because, again, you're just talking about a series of bad faith arguments. Um, I mean, not that the Lincoln Project is much better. Don't get me wrong. There's grifters all around. Grifters going to grift. Yeah, of course, of course. But there, there has to be a—I don't know. There has to be at least a moral center. You can't. Yeah. You can't have people involved in politics who object to the right of other people to exist. That is just such a, a fundamental part of the equation. Because then you're not having a debate somebody's constantly having to caveat or plead for their own existence in effect right it's not it's, it's just it's it's just fundamentally not right i just you know if, if there is an issue i can't help increasingly feeling as if the the people on the left would rather win the argument online than they would affect actual yes. real change and real change is ultimately only going to be affected by changing the mind of people who are somewhere for whatever reason and no i don't understand it either but are somewhere in the middle or consider themselves to be in the middle and i just can't help feeling as if the language we use which isn't a problem for me uh i can't help feeling that it won't change anything well exactly and, and so you've you you've somewhat paraphrased yet stolen uh preemptively how dare you uh, my oh, take on things, yeah. which is that uh, I feel like there's a lot of people that would rather be correct than to uh, accomplish any meaningful goals. And I think that that's, yeah. that's an, an, an unfortunate statement of the times that people are so feeling so disempowered and so disadvantaged to everything that, ah, well, <laughs> you know, as much as he's a, he's a loathsome asshole, we got Piers Morgan, so everything's okay. Well, no, they, that what did that, what did that really he's do? Actually- He's all right. He's doing better today. You have some contract with, yeah. you know, Distorma Vision two point one hour or something. You'll be fine. You'll be making, you'll be making more money than any of us could could imagine. Because literally, his job was to create controversy for money. Exactly. And, and he's very good. Everybody at it. <laughs> treating his stick or whatever is is is. You know what? If if you don't know at first, it's fine. But once it's been pointed out one hundred and fifty times that. He's trying to get you to reply to that, you dumb bastard, yeah. and you continue to do it. Then you, then you're a dumb bastard. Like it's, it's literally his his job is to make you react to the stupid, the stupid shit that yeah. he says. But there we are. I mean, the bell cannot be unrung once you know it. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see anything fundamental changing anytime soon. I'm. I'm I think there's I something. You know, I. I think there's there's just a battle line drawn, and the problem with that battle line is, I I don't think the left, I don't think the left are going to gain from it. I think all they gain is a, is all we gain is a, a reinforcing that we're right. But but then again, you've got people like the the Labour leader of the Minakia Starmer, whose tactic seems to be 
to avoid, for want of a better term, culture war talking points, which is probably right the thing to do electorally. But if you do it for so long, then what's happened to the, the soul of your argument? You know, it's a very... It depends on how you frame the debate, too. Like, I, I think that, you, you know, we were... This is probably the wrong time to bring it up near the end of the show. But uh, we were going back and forth about, uh, you know, defund the police. I think that you can... I think that the, the, the folks that believe in, in defund the police, that the way you do it, and I, I get it that it sounds like weasel language because it is, is you, at least in America, call it police reform. Just in the same way yeah, that it was well, welfare reform or whatever along those lines. And sure. they've done this for years. And do I endorse these tactics? No. But when you have framed language that you want to accomplish the goal, right? Well, would you rather have something that, it sounds like the right aggressive thing to chant, or would you rather actually accomplish the goal? Yeah, well, well, for me, I mean, essentially what you want is a different police force, isn't it? Yeah, and, and that's want... what it really means, hence it's a reform. Whereas, whereas defund the police literally means, especially to somebody who wants to hear this, but what it actually means is take all the money away from it and, in effect, stop it existing in any form. Right, De in, instead in, of in demilitarizing, effect. it's like, we don't want police to exist. Yeah. And it's like, well... Uh, you know, because let's face it, what, yeah. what really is the police? It's it's a theoretical deterrent to career criminals to commit crime, really. Yeah. that In my experience of my life, that's all it is. In fact, its practical applications to my life have been terrible. Times I've had to go to court to give evidence and stuff. Right. Appalling, yeah. like terror. It's been no no protection to me during the pandemic. I've seen them walk past crowds of people. Uh, except, of course, obviously, when women are protesting, well, not just women, people are protesting on Clapham Common of these poor girls' disappearance or kidnapping and murder. Um, they're really good at wading in then, but it, it, certainly British police uh, have, haven't covered themselves in glory during this pandemic. Partly, they say, because they're hamstrung, but things I've actually seen, frankly, you know, can't be asked to wade into a group of lads and hold them to account. I'm sure you don't want to put yourself in personal danger all the time, I'm not saying otherwise, but I, my, my, I'm a person whose knee-jerk reaction to defund the police is that sounds stupid. But then when I actually go back to incidents in my life where I've needed the police and they haven't been there for right. me, then you think, oh, yeah, but really, yeah. what fucking diff... <laughs> if I go back through my life and I take the police out of those equations, apart from this theoretical... Uh, you know, a barrier there are to career criminals committing crime, my life wouldn't have been any different. Yeah, the landlord once stole all my stuff and the police turned up and told me it's a civil matter. Right. So I went to give evidence in a, in a, in a uh, trial and the two policemen who were meant to be giving evidence didn't show up. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, another time I got beaten up and the policeman joked with me that my head injury wouldn't be too bad because I was from Newcastle. Now, you know, oh, wow. these are these are some of my police police highlights in my life. So I'm not really a fuck the police guy because I'm, I, you know, I don't believe in being so rude unless I'm on stage. But I, yeah, again, but in reality, so my instinct is defend the defend the police is, is stupid. But the reality is, well, imagine what would actually be different, right? And and. Again, the the fundamental precepts of the of the argument and the 
the push, the organizing push for it, I fully agree with. I just, I just don't like the band name. Of course, of course, but what I've just said is, you know, very, that's my rather privileged take on it, generally speaking. Again, two white guys talk about police reform. Right? But no, but <laughs> some people don't want to, yeah, but still, I've had a lot of experiences with the police in my life, yeah, sure. probably not as much as, yeah. you know, as, as a person of colour in particular situations, I would more than concede, but a lot of these uh, a lot of other people would more be concerned with the police being defunded so they weren't, like you were saying, a, in effect, a military force in their communities. Um, whereas, in, whereas in my life, what I've more felt is the absence of the police. Yeah. As a, despite them being that an institution that I've, I've actually paid for. So in a, in a, in a sense, through my, through my taxes. So yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I would love to believe there'd be fundamental reform coming up, but but again, usually usually people on the left, especially over here, not on the left. I'm not talking about politicians necessarily, but a lot of the more the more uh, popular kind of cultural commentators. I I just always think, what? Oh God, they're the ones leading. Oh, right. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's just a, an incomprehension of the idea that the kind of person who generally seeks power or I, I just don't think I ever like those people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just don't think I, I just don't think I ever like those people. There's something always unappealing about them. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's them or me. I suspect it's, I suspect it's both of us. Well, and that's, and again, I, I think, you run into problems when you have people that would rather be correct than than get things done. But I understand, you know, the need to sort of cry out in the wilderness too. Like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Civility be thing. damned. I understand. I understand. I'm just saying, if you actually want to advance change, you know, yeah, they're two different things. Revenge. I understand why people would maybe feel as if they want revenge or redress. Right. Right. But in the end. They need change, change, I suppose. I'm saying they. It's a nebulous. It's a nebulous they in this in this case. We're talking about anybody affected by by the police in the same way that you know we can talk about masculinity, but we sure. can, you know, it's a joke and it sounds tired, but it's true, isn't it? Men are affected as much by masculinity as, as women are <laughs> in in very in very direct ways. It, it's in everybody's. Ultimately, it's in everybody's interests, apart from the interests of incredible racists um, <laughs> right yeah and I, I maybe i sometimes think this and maybe again maybe this is a very uh privileged way of looking at it but i sometimes think we sell ourselves short by concerning ourselves with racists or sexists or homophobes because and obviously i'm aware there are micro micro trans transgression forms of each of those things but generally speaking they come as a whole set you, you know, we are talking, and I don't want to, again, simplify it by making it sound like the problem are arseholes or is, is arseholes uh, on, the, on, the, on the other side of the problem. Oh, well, um, but did I think obnoxious kind of personality types, which are, which are indulged too much, maybe. I agree. Um, yeah. I, but may, maybe that's a total simplification. I, I'm not, you know, looking at the structures which... Uh, you know, su support support uh, society, but 
they're, they're certainly the racists and the homophobes and the sexists that we fucking see and hear, aren't they? Yeah. They're the ones out there. They're the ones out there doing doing those words as verbs. So, <laughs> right. you know. You know, doing of the saying, no, <laughs> yes. it's not a kind of racism which really lurks in statues. That is it. It's a kind of it's an active racism. Right. Um, so so yeah, I I just I just I mean I'd worry personally about most people who'd want to be a police officer, like in the sense that the last person you want to give authority to is the person who is trained to have authority you know <laughs> exactly it's probably not going to work out you know what i want to do i want to control i want to control people well congratulations here's a weapon here's your Quite badge here's your, here's your billy people. club like, yeah being very simple I've, I've met human individuals who are policemen who are nice people of course yeah, yeah. It, it's and, and again all cops are bastards it, it looks it looks cool but i don't know if that I don't. I don't know if that actually gains anything as much as just a, is it is it just a cry in the a cry in the darkness. It doesn't mean it's not valid. But I, it, well, it, 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 when I personally, when I see it, it makes my it makes my heart sink. Maybe it makes my heart sink because it has to because it has to happen. Um, I, I always think back the, when this kind of thing. yeah when this kind of stuff's being discussed. I always think back to the uh, the great historical text, the, the the classic film Clash of the Titans, where. Uh, the the statues you know the the the, the fella yeah, yeah. who was done wrong i forget his name Cal, was it calabas yeah that gets turned into I call it then it was yeah I call it uh, yeah he, he gets turned you know he, he he says i want justice and then the the statue which i believe is the, the stand-in for hera uh says justice or revenge and I, I think we're at the justice or revenge aspect of things and yes i did just drop a clash of the titans reference into this podcast and you are welcome america and the world well dropped, sir. Well dropped. <laughs> Timed to an absolute perfect degree. Uh, yeah, it was. You know, I think we can all we can all forgive you for what you did, for what you've done, for what you you look back on this moment in years to come, and you'll have a different perspective. Things changed. Things changed then. <laughs> Things do change. Well, as a as a wise man once said, the only constant in life is change. Wow. Amen. Didn't he say that? Didn't he say what? Who who the fuck sits around thinking of things like that? And saying, <laughs> just, I'm a great. Know, what, let me just think of some great thoughts like, here. Hey, you'd be like Steve. I told you to put the kettle on. What the fuck is this? What is the fuck? This the only constant in life is change thing. Tea, mate. Toast for everyone. A round of toast. We, Did you take we out the trash? Very, yeah. yeah we, were, we were very specific. No more aphorisms, please. Just, we're, we're just toast. Just toast. God damn it, Steve. It would be, a, it sounds like a Steve thing to do that, doesn't it? It, it does sound Steve. like quite the Steve thing to do, yes. It's a real Steve move. You know? <laughs> just crank out aphorisms instead of doing mundane household tasks, yes. Yeah. But especially when he had an explicit task to be cracking on with. Yeah. Honestly. Such a, such a steep thing to do, for sure. It is. Oh, just, yeah, like, yeah, 100, 100% Steve, mate. Ten times Steve. <laughs> Ten times Steve. <laughs> Falco, this has been great, man. This is It's always great to have you on, uh, you know, anytime, anywhere, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, look, looking forward to hearing the new stuff. 
you know, when, when that, oh, thank you. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to do after I finish um, with Gateway Band very soon, hopefully, hoping to do the, the new Christian Fitness album in the next in the next month or so. Um, and then, you know, doing future left stuff for the rest of the year whilst looking after my daughter while my wife works a, a normal, regular job um, and hopefully staying healthy. Uh, and yeah, going going from there really. That's the the story. But always a always a, always a pleasure to to speak with you. Um, and good luck with the whole thing. And play play whatever crazy saxophone solos you want over this as as per usual. <laughs> Thanks, sir. Have a have a have well, an excellent evening care. and be safe. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Oh, there he goes the one and only Falco. Future to the left, McCluskey, Christian Fitness, what an awesome guy.
of the excellent classic now classic is it a classic sure it's a classic record travels with myself and another by future to the left the fantastic future to the left featuring the amazing falco my guest for this episode episode 241 protonic reversal before that we had alan's the cowboy killer off of the excellent gateway band mccluskey with an asterisk record if you're looking to find that, you're going to have to go to the Christian Fitness site. That's christianfitness.bandcamp.com. That's a live album. It's a McCluskey live album. It's great. It's really good. I highly suggest it if you're a fan of that band. It's uh, something like 21 songs and a, and a demo. A demo of new things from McCluskey. Anyway, uh, name of the show is Kona New Trust Protonic Reversal. Thank you so much for listening to it, as always. The show airs on Radio Nope. Usually Thursdays. 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain Pipes. Nope.com, say yes. Archives of the show, ProtonicReversal.com. Always free. No ads, no sponsors. No kidding. If you would like... To get episodes of the show sooner, patreon.com slash protonicreversal can take care of that for you. One dollar a month. We'll get you there. No ads, no sponsors. No kidding. Thanks to everyone for sharing the show around. You know, it occurs to me that I should maybe start mentioning this stuff at the beginning of the show before people turn it off. Uh, thanks for people sharing the show around, though. Likes, subscribes, all that. That's how people find out about it. I, what am I going to say? That's the world we live in. Uh, so it's appreciated. You know, nice things said about the show, sharing the episodes around. That's how uh, people find out about it. Thank you very much. Stay safe out there. Can you hear me now?
and take it easy. Out on Route 128, dark and lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. There is no special girl! It's the, it's the end of radio. The last announcer plays the last record. The last what? Leaves the transmitter. Circles the globe in search of a listener. Can you hear me now? if there's no one there to receive.
close of our broadcast day.